Hello, welcome back to And Also with Kathy and Christine. Hi. Uh, we're we're still in Forks. It's actually still the same weekend. <laughs> the same weekend as the Meadow, which was what three, four weeks ago. Okay, so uh, for for fans of the movie, insert super massive black hole here. Uh, we are going to be covering what is arguably the greatest baseball game in cinematic history. Arguably. But who would argue? No one. No one. No one without any, with any sense. No, no one with any <laughs> taste. Okay? You're not going to argue with me. You won't goad me into a fight about this. Correct. Okay. So, it, it's chapter 17. It's the game. Um, as we saw, uh, Bella and Edward were learning about, well, Bella was learning about Carlisle's history. And then the last uh, part of the previous chapter, Alice is like, there's going to be a thunderstorm. We're going to go play baseball. Wonderful. So, Edward This takes- really feels like... Stephanie Meyer had, like, a bag of where this could go and, like, different, um... Like, what's that thing called? What's that, um... When you fill in the blanks with, like... Mad, uh... uh, Mad Libs. Mad Libs, yeah. So she had a Mad Libs for plots. (laughs) And one of the Mad Libs she chose was, like, baseball games. She's like, how am I going to incorporate this into... And this is what she chose. Um, yeah. It was fanfiction Mad Lib. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Except make it all one weekend. <laughs> do it do it all in one weekend. All the tropes. So this is... Uh, they were so, trying to get Bella to join a Cullen cult. And so they were exhausting her. Right. And making sure she didn't get any rest. We're watching... Uh, <laughs> who we're currently watching. Um, we, we finished watching Seduced. And we're currently watching The Vow on HBO Max about the Nexium cult and its subsidiaries. And bro. <laughs> bro. <laughs> you know what's, what's funny is I think I told you the other day that... I don't know how they didn't think and how we didn't catch. Like, having this guy who's, like, 23 years old with these adult, basically adult kids that he and his wife adopted, they're all young, they're all beautiful, and they're all together. Like, how did no one get sex call from this? And that's... And then they they don't pay attention to anyone else except for this new girl who's kind of a loner. No one really knows. She doesn't really have any ties to anyone. I think we talked about this in earlier episodes. They were like, the Cullens brought internet to the town... So no one so, told people to look so away. So it's just like, listen, we, we we need our Wi-Fi. Yeah. Do so what you need to do. Bring as the long sex as call. As long as we have the Wi-Fi, you can have your little sex call. Um, okay, so Edward takes Bella home because she has to, you know, change out of her fancy clothes. She was in fancy dress and Bruh. fancy skirt. Um, so she has to get she has to get changed for the baseball game. So when he gets to her house, who's lo and behold, who is there? But Jacob and Billy Black, they're on her porch, and he goes, he's upset. He goes, this is crossing the line. Mm-hmm. And he would recognize line crossing. He would know what crossing a line looks like. And so she goes, "He wait, he came to warn Charlie? And he says, yeah. And so I realized that um, both Billy and, so Jacob is not yet a werewolf, so he can still read his mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and Billy doesn't have, he's not a werewolf, so maybe he has like a, a recessive werewolf gene he passes on to Jacob. Right. But, so he could still read their minds. So I think we had talked so, so yeah, about yeah, like, yeah, how yeah. can he read their minds? So she says, I'll handle it. Let me deal with this. He goes, okay, but be careful. The child has no idea. And he's talking about Jacob. And so she kind of like, there's two things here. She goes, I bridled a little at the word child. Jacob is not that much younger than me, I reminded him. He looked at me then, his anger abruptly fading. Oh, I know. He assured me with a grin. And I don't know what that's supposed to be. I mean, yeah. <laughs> he knows. He just doesn't care. I just, I, so what's it supposed to be? Is Stephanie, is this supposed to be cute? Like, is it supposed to be, like, cheeky? What is she trying to do here? 
it, it's disturbing to me. But I don't think he... See, you read it as, oh, I know. I don't think that's... I didn't read it that way. I read it as, oh, I know. Oh. So there's a different... Yeah, it's a different vibe. Okay. And so then he goes, get them inside the house. I'll, I'll be back later. She's like, you don't have to, like, really leave. He's like, no, I'll be back later. Um... She goes, I'll go, hey, hey, guys, what's up? No, no, actually, first of all, she goes, okay, I'll see you later. He's, and then he kisses her swiftly. He says, he swiftly kisses me just under the edge of my jaw. So he's, like, pretending to, like, so he's kissing her, like, right at her neck. And then she looks over, and Billy is having a reaction. A reaction. What'd you say? A reaction. <laughs> <laughs> Billy's having a reaction, obviously, because this is upsetting to him, right? And so then... She gets out the car. She's like, how long you guys been waiting? I think this is also very corny of him to do this, to make a point. Yeah. This is very corny. So then he goes, she comes to the porch. She's like, hey, I hope you guys have been waiting long. He goes, no, we just came by to drop this off for, for Charlie. And it's um, Harry Clearwater's fish fry, which Charlie loves. Uh, as a side note, Charlie then marries Sue Clearwater, who is Harry Clearwater's widow. Widow. Not right. Not in Twilight. Not right now. Imagine a ghost brings you some fish, fish fry. <laughs> and then he marries wife, <laughs> bro. Have you no shame? Yeah. Well, that's got to be some fish fry, right? right? So then, um, Bella and Bella gets them in the house, and so then Billy realizes that he needs to have a conversation with Bella, but he can't really have it in front of Jacob. So he goes, Jake, go to the car and get a picture that I got uh, of Rebecca to bring to Charlie. And he's like, Where is it? And he goes, It's in the trunk somewhere. You may have to dig for it. So then he sends into the car. So Bella's like, kind of just like waiting for Billy to say something, and so they've been they're they're being very like kind of awkward with each other. And then finally Billy goes, okay, Bella, uh, Charlie's one of my best friends, and she was like, yes. And he's like, and I noticed you've been spending time with the Collins. She's like, yes. And he's like, maybe it's none it's none of my business, but I don't think this is such a good idea. She goes, you're right, it is none of your business. And so then. She kind of like it's weird because she she just learned about all this stuff, but she's like ready with the blackmail. Like she's ready to blackmail him. She she kind of alludes to the treaty that um that the reservation has with the Cullens because she they're not supposed to say anything to to um to the people in the town. Um they're supposed to keep the secret and the Cullens want her on the land. And so she kinda of like so he can't really say anything to her like flat out without breaking the treaty and she knows that. And see, she kind of alludes to it, uh, and he's like, oh, okay, so you know you know a little more than I thought you did. And he goes, you seem well-informed about the colors, more informed than I expected. And then she goes, maybe even better informed than you. And I'm like, okay, so even if you know more of their history, like, you're not going to sit here and act like you know more than Billy. Also, though, like, this whole thing is incredibly rude. And, like, part of me is like, yes, it is none of his business. That much is true in the sense that, like, People need to mind their own business. People people stay in other people's business way too too much. But in this case, he's 100% right that she's hanging around with this person. A, a, a literal predator. In, in, in every sense. Yeah. And so, like, part of me is like, I mean, yes, you're right. And, like, sure, as a young woman, you don't need um, some man telling you how, how to live your life. But, like, also, he is correct. Like... You're putting yourself in danger that you don't even realize. And and I just think that, like, there's a way she could have been like, Billy, this is my thing. If it's a mistake, then it's my mistake. Feel no obligation. Feel no no guilt. Feel no remorse. You don't have to feel anything about this 
this is my decision. You've done your due diligence. You came exactly. and you tried came. to warn me. Exactly. And if this is a mistake, it's my mistake to make and feel, you know, be at ease. Let your mind be at rest knowing that you did what you needed to do in your conscience. You've come. You've tried to warn me. I've said buzz off. That's it. That's it. And I feel like that, I mean, like, of course, I'm, I'm, I'm saying that as an adult, you know, wishing that a teenager would say that. But she was talking super spicy to him for no for reason. Real. And I just feel like, girl. And so then he goes, oh, I wonder, is Charlie as informed? And she's like, hmm, even if he's not, the, uh, the choice to inform Charlie is also my business, is it not? And, like, she's right about it. No, she's not. <laughs> hold on, hold on. She's. <laughs> go ahead. What do you mean? Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 no. Go ahead. I no. Go ahead. I feel like if your best friend's child is acting up, you tell your best friend. That's my take. Sorry about it. I know you're 16 or you're 17 or whatever, and like you're. But if you, I, I, we're talking about a child who you feel is in danger. That if that's your best friend's child, you say something about it. That's for me. At least, let me actually rephrase that. I, if my best friend's child was acting up and I thought they were in danger, I'm telling my best friend about it. I think there's more complex things here, particularly with her situation, though, because, like, there's still the treaty, and he would still be breaking the treaty if he says anything to, to Charlie. Right. I'm not saying he should be like, yo, he's a vampire. Mm-hmm. But when he said, because he said to her, you seem more informed than I thought. I wonder if Charlie's as informed as you are. He's talking about... Cause she, he's saying you seem more informed about the fact that they're vampires. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it seemed to me, maybe I misread it, but it seemed to me like he was kind of insinuating maybe Charlie should know what they really are. If if because because of what he says as far as like, well, as informed. I think what because he said maybe it's none of my business, but I don't think it's such a good idea. And mm-hmm. then later on he says it may not be my business, but it may be Charlie's. I right. feel like what he was saying was, it ain't my business that you hanging out with him, but that's for sure Charlie's business. Right, right, okay. And, like, he's right about that. In the sense that, I, for me, personally, me, because I am going to run my mouth Because specifically sure. what you know about him. No. He don't got to be a vampire. If my best friend's child is acting up and being in danger, and I feel whether they, whether we're talking about a vampire or we're talking about, I saw you cut in class, whatever. If my best friend's child is acting up, I am going to tell them. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Don't do none of your teenage delinquencies, truancies in, in, in my vicinity. Because I'm going to tell. Narc. I'll be a narc. You feel me? I'll but be fine. Which fine. But I... That actually reminds me. When I was working, like, I was working in an office once that my supervisor was like, her daughter was starting high school. And her daughter was going to high school in, like, in the, in the neighborhood. And she kind of, she actually said to me, like, if you ever see my daughter acting... Like, if you ever see her on the train or, like, ever, anywhere, um, acting up or, like, doing anything that seems unsafe, let me know. And I was like, girl, I got you. Because, <laughs> like, I also feel like, and I say that, like, as somebody who's not in that situation, right, presently, I feel like there is, there's differences, right? Like, there's things that kids do. I also think it's, I'm sorry to tell you, but I also think it's different you as a woman saying, I'm going to tell your mom or your your parent if I see something crazy. That's fair. Then for Billy to be like, even if it's not my business, it's your dad's business. Especially because they've been so weird. The way she describes, like, his over interest in, like, her love life. Even the parents just, like, over interest in the love life of their kids. Like, that's fair. 
I feel like there's a difference. Yeah, so, no, that's fair. Especially because he he knows Charlie, right? But he and then you also presumably if you're best friends with someone, you're in the life of that child. So you could come to that child like, yo, what are you doing? Billy doesn't know her. True. You know what I mean? It's like there's and I I believe he's right in expressing concern. But, and I'm not saying that he shouldn't tell Charlie, because I do think that if he feels concerned, but I, I think that he's also threatening her, which is weird because they had a falling out about this. I don't think that Billy's going to tell Charlie anything because of the falling out they had previously. Oh, yeah, no, I don't think he but, is. So him going, but it is Charlie's business. I'm just, I feel like he's kind of like twist, trying to twist her arm, and she kind of stands her ground and be like, yeah, but at the same time, wouldn't you, when this little yeah. snot-faced teenager was like, well, what about this treaty, though? You ain't gonna say nothing about it. I would, I would try to like say something back to her and be like, well, yeah. I guess your daddy gonna find out or something, something to make her a little nervous. You ain't gonna be talking reckless to me, and I ain't gonna say nothing reckless back. Yeah, <laughs> it's reckless for reckless here in this house. <laughs> Get out of here. Okay, so then he, she's like, yeah, I just dead saw myself out as like an old, old woman. Right. I'm gonna tell on you. Uh huh. Mm hmm. I hate me too. It's fine. Um. So then he. So he goes. Yes. I guess that is your business too. And she. Goes, she goes. I decided to leave. Thanks, Billy. He goes. Just think about what you're doing, Bella. Okay. I agreed quickly. He frowned. What I mean to say. What. What I meant to say was. Don't do what you're doing. And she goes. I looked into his eyes, filled with nothing but concern for me, and there was nothing I could say. And so she knows. I. I feel like deep down there's a part of that. Part of her that knows he's right, but she doesn't want to admit it because then she has to give up what she's doing. And she doesn't want to give up what she's doing. Mm-hmm. It, it makes her feel too good or whatever. And so Jacob comes back in. He goes, oh, there was no picture in the car. And Billy's like, oh, must have left it at home. Anyway, let's go. And he's like, but we're leaving? And he's like, yeah, Charlie's going to be out for a while. He goes, well, I guess I'll see you later, Bella. He looked disappointed. And she goes, sure, I agreed. Take care, Billy warned me. I didn't answer. Now, remember the last time Billy and, and Jacob came to the house? She was like overly like just spending a whole bunch of time with them. And she was like, now Jacob is being kind of you know, a little bit cold because he's embarrassed and then she's being kind of cold. She's like, it's not like, he goes, I'll see you, I'll see you later than Bella. She could have been like, yeah, it was so good to see you and then you stop by, whatever. No, she goes, sure. Mm-hmm. That boy is heartbroken. Yeah. You don't necessarily, like, it's not your responsibility to make him feel better, but also, that's, you're not innocent. I mean, anyway. This was your own making, though. Like, his, his ideas and notions about, like, where y'all stand is friends or not friends or whatever you made this so so she goes i changed i had to change out my dressy clothes again her khaki skirt. reminder a, a long khaki skirt and a blue blouse was her dressy clothes right um and so she gets a phone call and then she goes downstairs it was jessica and jessica's talking about the dance she's like how was it and she goes it was so fun and then she starts thinking about something else and jessica's like <clears throat> did you hear me and she's like oh i'm sorry what happened and she goes i said mike kissed me can you believe it and i'm just like it was on the schedule Right. It was on the town schedule, so yeah, I can believe it. <laughs> the alarm went off on his phone, and he was like, okay, oh, now, time, now time not... for the kissing ceremony. <laughs> he said the, the words. Time. Right. <laughs> and she said the words, and then they kissed. They, they, yeah. But what, what this part bothers, what bothers me about this part is that she acts like she's superior to them when she's, like, about to join a vampire cult. Right. Like, they were out at a dance and just doing normal teenage things, and you're, like, you spent the weekend, you know, heaving in a meadow. Like, not heaving. He means throwing up. Oh. <laughs> I spent the weekend here <laughs> because uh, of the meadow. A, a dry, uh, um, labored breathing. Not labored breathing. Uh, you know what I'm saying. Gasp. Hyperventilating in a forest. <laughs> Gasping. Um, you spent the entire weekend hyperventilating in a forest because some guy was like super white. Okay, girl. Okay, girl. 
I mean, to be clear, they're corny for making a big deal of this kiss as well. But you're no better. Is the right. Point. And so she goes, oh, had you ever have you heard back from Edward Cullen? And um, she goes, um, I hesitated, not sure what my story was anymore. And like, that's dangerous. Like you over here juggling lies. Keep your story straight. That's you a liability. <laughs> so then Charlie gets home. And so she's like, hey, I got some fish fry. I'm going to make it for you, blah, blah. So they're sitting down. And he's like, so what'd you do? And she says, uh, I just was around the house. She goes, uh, and I was over. And this morning I was over at the Cullens. It says he says he dropped his fork. Dr. Cullen's place. He asked an astonishment. And she was like, I pretended that's what his reaction. Yeah. He goes like, what were you doing over there? And she's like, well, I have a date with Edward. And he, she says that he appears to be having like a reaction. And he, she's like, are you all right? He's like, you're going out with Edward Cullen. He thundered. And she's like, uh, I thought you liked the Cullens. And he's like, he's too old for you. She's like, hold on a second. We're both juniors. And then he just had a moment. He's like, oh, wait, wait, which one is that one? <laughs> Which one is Edwin, he says. Shade. <laughs> and she goes, Edward is the youngest, um, the one with the reddish brown hair. And then she goes, the beautiful one, the godlike one. She thinks that. It's very annoying. Oh, uh, he goes, oh, well, that's better, I guess. I don't like the look of that big one, which is... Mm-hmm. Emmett. Emmett. As, and it's 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 spot on, because Emmett is a... A rascal. A, a rascal. They're all... Well, anyway. To be, to be kind. Yeah. He goes, I'm sure he's a nice boy and all, but he looks too mature for you. Is this Edwin your boyfriend? So he went from going, you're doing what? To, is this Edwin your boyfriend? Huh? Why? How you? Huh? Why did you react so strongly? And they'd be like, oh, is he your? Is he your? Bo-? Like, Edmund is that right. intimidating? Right, right, right. But even, but it's still, anyway. And then she goes, it's Edward. And he goes like, I feel like that's actually pretty normal. He thought it was one thing. She clarified it for him. Okay. It's no longer what he was afraid of. And so now it's, it's on. Right. Okay. He reconciled it. Okay. <laughs> that's so weird. So, before Edward even gets to the house and all that, um, you know, he goes, so where are you guys, where is he taking you? And she's just like, you know, we're going to go play um, play baseball with his family. And once again, the detective work in this town does not disappoint. This man, well, first of all, he goes, you're playing baseball? Like, that's the surprising part. <laughs> not the fact that there's a deluge happening outside and they're going to go play baseball. Like, I get that this is the Pacific Northwest. I get it that, like, Rain lives here. Rain's mailing address is high Pacific Northwest. I get that. But you're not going to tell me that, like, somebody goes, yeah, we're playing baseball. And you're not going to be like, mm, in this weather? I don't, I don't know how. Okay. Like, it's just like, okay, fine, whatever. He, they Maybe they're playing baseball indoors. But it's just so weird to me. Indoors. <laughs> play baseball indoors? I don't know. I don't know. Who plays baseball indoors? I I don't know. I you mean to tell me that there's not there's probably stadiums that have like roof. Okay. All right. Okay. I mean, I'm not sitting here saying that the Collins <laughs> are like have the keys to the stadium to whatever the team is. I'm like, if it's in indoors, this... it's with football. Stop. Any. Whatever. I, that's that's look. That's beside the point. My point is that this is a sport that is played out of doors, and it is raining, and you you're not gonna ask any follow up questions. Like you can tell that this is not a town where a lot of crime has happened, because this man is dusty. This man has not had to like use any of his. Um... He's still in leisure mode because he just got back from fishing. Yeah, 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 yeah. I guess he's gonna wake up in the middle of the night like baseball. <laughs> um, okay. 
anyway, there's. I just wanted to like say that that Charlie, good old Charlie, with his grade A detective work, um, yeah. So so Edward comes to the door, and 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 here's the thing, right? Because like, oh, it's always raining, right? There's always like a light drizzle in Forks, whatever. But here's the thing, Edward gets to the door. He opens, Charlie opens the door, and he opens, not Edward, Charlie opens the door, and now I'm just Edward's like, yo, family, I'm here. <laughs> Edward ringing the doorbell and then being like, hey, what's up? Okay, uh, <laughs> Charlie looks at Edward like, this your man's? Mm-hmm. Um, no, Emmett is my man's. Um, anyway, so she says, I hadn't realized how hard it was pouring outside. So it's not like a little bit of rain. It's a lot of rain. It's a lot. It's a lot of rain, and Charlie's just sitting there like, Y'all are playing baseball. You're going to play baseball? Yeah, yeah, he's like, I don't even care that this don't add up. My daughter's finally going to play some ball. She's going to, like, I don't know. I just... Also, why is Stephanie Meyer obsessed with baseball? I was going to say that. It's like she has this weird thing with baseball. She has a weird thing with everything. Stephanie Meyer does not have one single normal... I don't know. Interaction. Interaction. Engagement. Right, engagement. With any thing at all anything that is like a normal thing that you engage with like family sibling romantic relationships baseball rain right all right so all that to say it's weird it's weird it's charlie's only in washington right so she goes so i hear you're getting my girl uh to watch baseball oh then she says only in washington with the fact that it was raining buckets have no bearing at all on the playing of outdoor sports that is a lie isabella that is a lie that is a lie (laughs) And that. guess what else? <laughs> it's, it's a, a lie. lie. It is an untruth. It's a lie brought to us by someone who, where does Stephanie Meyer live? Does she live in, like, Arizona? She lives in Arizona. Of course she lives in Arizona. She's Bella. Um, she lives in Arizona. Oh, my gosh. She lives in Arizona? Da- she lives in Arizona. How dare you as an Arizonian? Stephanie Meyer, come How on. How dare you as an Arizonian? Hold on a second. <laughs> come on. You have to. Listen, <laughs> some discretion. Her husband's like, um... Is there something you want to say to me? Is there something you would like to talk about? Because, um... Uh, not with you. I'm getting a lot of weird vibes about the fact that you've written a story about a girl who lives in Arizona, where we live, and has moved elsewhere, is now living some other kind of life uh, with a vampire who dresses in Mormon chic. Do you want me to get a makeover? Is that what this is about? She's like, babe, you are Edward. (laughs) (laughs) You're my Edward. (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, God. Okay. All right. Anyway. The point is that how do you live in Arizona? You have no idea about the rain patterns in the Pacific Northwest. And you're going to sit here talking about, it's raining real hard, but <laughs> LOL, nobody is going to raise any questions. No, your lazy writing has made it so that the so that the chief of police in this town won't raise any questions. So I think it's it's less that she doesn't know about the weather patterns in the Pacific Northwest because you can Google that. She doesn't know the, I guess, culture of the area because mm-hmm. in her mind, she's like, well, it's always raining anyway. Are they just going to stop their lives because of some rain? No. And so they're so going for to make her stadiums right, with the roof. Right, right. So for her, right, the Seattle Mariners have like an indoor thing. Yeah. Or don't because all stadiums have? I don't know. Okay, anyway, so she's I'm not like. i going to speak on something I don't know about. <laughs> like that um, so it like this whole thing, she's like, they're not going to just like stop their lives just because of some rain. But they're also not going to play baseball in the middle of a thunderstorm. It's different than rain. Right. It's a thunderstorm. Right. Storm. 
Okay, storm. Let's focus on that. Let's focus on that one. Yeah. Storm. This is what we call a compound word. Thunder. <laughs> storm. <laughs> anyway, so we've talked about rain enough. Have we? I don't know. I feel like I there's, I, there's, there's a, I feel uh, like we might circle back to this. There's a lot to expound on this subject. So Edward gets there, and so he's like, oh, I'm going to keep her safe. Sure. Lies. We'll be back early. Lies. Sure. So they leave, and he brought Emmett's truck with him. And so it has, like, harnesses. It's not like a regular seatbelt. It has, like, harnesses, so he has to help her get into the harness. She says she can't figure out how to put the harness on, so she says... She says that Edward's helping her, and that meant that he couldn't see how Edward's hands lingered at my neck, brushed along my collarbones. And I'm just like, um, you know, you could just help her get into the harness. Stop. Why Why are you doing this with her father right there? There's, there's this kind of like, I don't know, I don't know, weirdness there. That's weird. That's weird. That's, That's suspicious. I feel, though, like, also the thing here is, like, why did she make a point of this truck? Like, why... Why is this part of the story? And so this also kind of like, didn't I got like a vision of like helping a child into a truck and then you put you yeah. put all of like the safety guards on, yeah. on the yeah. baby. Like it's so weird. Yeah, it is weird. So he goes to her, you smell so good in the rain. And it's like, no, no one smells good in the rain. You smell wet. You smell like it just, no one smells. It almost smells like, like it smells like, you know that, that like outside smell? Yeah. That's not a good smell. No. And so that outside smell mixed with water, you smell like wet outside. I'm sorry, that doesn't smell. It's gross. <laughs> sorry. I said we weren't done with rain. <laughs> I said we weren't done with it. Um, and so then he, she, he says, we're gonna, we have to like run the rest of the way. And he's like, oh, you have to keep your eyes closed or whatever. And she's like, no, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna run because I haven't forgotten last time, which was just the, it was what, yesterday that they were in the meadow? And then he goes, hmm. He mused as he quickly finished. It seems I'm going to have to tamper with your memory. That actually reminds me of, um, we, I think we talked about this earlier in, the, like, Nexium and, like, yeah, no, yeah, that's no. a no for me, dog. It's a no the for me. Memory you say, tampering? No. Not for me. No. And so then he goes, he, she goes, tamper with my memory, and he goes, something like that. I just want to read this real quick. He was watching me intently, carefully, but there was humor deep in his eyes. He placed his hands against the Jeep on either side of my head and leaned forward, forcing me to press <laughs> my back against the door. He leaned in even closer, his face inches from mine. I had no room to escape. Now he breathed, and just his smell disturbed my thought processes. What exactly are you worrying about? And this is so coercive. It's very coercive. Yeah, and so like this is this is what you had said, like this is manipulative and coercive of him. And then he goes, and she's like, well, I'm afraid of hitting a tree and dying and then getting sick. And so he goes, he fought back a smile. Then he bent his head down and touched his cold lips softly to the hollow of the base of my throat. Are you still worried now? He murmured against my skin. And he's like messing with her head, right? And also he, he's taking these like, why is his face so close to her throat? For no reason, right? Like these unnecessary <sighs> risks. Risk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and also this is not doing what Stephanie Meyer thinks it's doing. Yes. Is really not doing what she thinks is doing. She's thinking, oh, this is like super sexy. And to and be fair to Stephanie Meyer, upon my first reading of this, <laughs> I'll be honest, I was like, uh, uh, um, um, you know what I'm saying? Like, I that's how I was reacting to it. I was like, oh wow, oh oh wow. But like now, <laughs> as like a full fledged adult, I'm like. The girl said no. She said she ain't with it. So why are you... Like, it's just... It's creepy. 
and then he like yeah and he like he he walks her through why she's not afraid and it's manipulative and it's it's so it's so blatantly mm -hmm. those things and he's like and so he kind of like which is really weird because if you're her so you're her romantic partner right don't don't try to psychoanalyze her. Mm-mm. He's like, oh, so why are you afraid? Are you still afraid of that? Do you really think that's going to happen? But I don't so think, why are you still afraid? I don't even think it was psychoanalyzing. I think he was, he was like, mind-controlling her. Right. It's actually a lot like Nexium because... So weird. Because, <laughs> it, for, for real, because what did they say? Whenever somebody was like, I don't know about this, they were like, you need to work through the fear. You need to work through the whatever. And essentially what it was, was rationalize away this thing that right. is very, your which gut is, telling which, you this is not safe for you, mm-hmm. rationalize it away. Right, which is something that's fine to do in therapy because therapy is a safe space, mm-hmm. not a space with your and also, significant other. And not just that, but it's also with someone who has no vested interest in which in whether, way you go. Yeah, exactly. If you, like, of course, they want you to get better about these things and, like, that's the whole point of it is to, you know, g- get some, like coping mechanisms and like learning but how like to process no therapist is gonna be like well if you don't get this right this time i'm gonna be pissed right it's <laughs> there is no manipulation there it's just like that's okay if you didn't get it this time that's okay let's work on it again it's just it, there is no that person isn't going to ex- explicitly benefit in any way mm-hmm. other than just being working with a patient who is on their way towards making progress mm-hmm. that's the only goal there and everybody's in there the, essentially you're working towards the same goal whereas edward wants her to do something outside of what she wants to do so in in like working the fear or whatever it is like you're going against your own best interest your own gut feeling and your own like sense of self uh, preservation for the benefit of someone else right and that's the that's the issue here this is mind control through and through it's like because like you know like he'll say like you know would i ever let a tree hurt you she goes no he's like you see there's nothing to actually be afraid of is there she goes no it's literally, but then there's also exactly rewiring yeah. her right. brain, and it's also telling to her to react to things, right? And it's also telling her, "Don't trust you. Don't trust you. Trust, trust me." me. Mm-hmm. And like, no, yeah. no, 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 because I could be dead wrong. I could be dead wrong about something. <laughs> I'm not. I could be dead wrong about something. <laughs> Don't know that feeling. <laughs> Seriously, and this is all hypothetical. I could be dead wrong about something. But I would rather be dead wrong about something than follow someone and by following my own instincts and my own truth, for lack of a better phrase, than to follow somebody else's guidance and and still be wrong about something. No, no. Um, and so then she goes, "There really was no excuse for my behavior. Obviously, I knew better by now." Basically, he gives her a kiss and then she sighs and parts her lips and then he staggers away from her and goes, "Bella." You'll be the death of me, I swear you will. And I'm just like, it's not on you to, to behave in a way that's protective of, of, of you. And this, he's putting you in this situation all the time. Like, he's doing this thing where he knows that he knows that you're attracted to him. He knows that whenever whenever he pulls up, I mean, like, you're going to be going crazy. Like, like, but also, you know, it's, it, go ahead, sorry. It's just, it's just, this whole thing of, like, I knew better by now. He... Should know better by now. Uh, what you mean you know better by now? And he'd be like, oh, you're going to be the death of me. I'm sorry. A little while ago, right in front of my dad, you were rubbing your nose up on my collarbone. Mm-hmm. Right when I was like, yeah, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't I don't want to run. I don't want to do this thing. You were, like, breathing up on me. You were, like, letting your scent just linger all over the place. You were effectively seducing me not but two <laughs> seconds ago. <laughs> I started to be seduced <laughs> And they're like, Bella, why did you go? <laughs> I started to be <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, you, you, and then, and then you're going to be like, and then when I just, 
all I did was all she did was like open her mouth a little bit to like really get in there. <laughs> And you and you mean to tell me he's gonna be like you're gonna be that death of me? No, bro, no. no. And then she's like, you're in What the hell was that sound? You're gonna be. <laughs> oh God, that's vampire. <laughs> that's, that's angry vampire. Um, and she's like, you're indestructible. And he goes, I might have believed that before I met you. Now let's get out of here before I do something really stupid. He like growled. what? Eat her? Um, and then he threw. She goes, and and so she says he threw me across his back as he had before. And I'm like, hello, what's consent? <laughs> Edward doesn't know. Edward has no idea. You know why? I went <laughs> because Carlisle didn't teach Carlisle him. Carlisle never taught him. Um. So he, she goes to eyes. He runs her over. <laughs> Sorry. He runs. He doesn't run her over. I was like, did I skip that page? <laughs> he runs over with her in his arms on his back or whatever. I was like, wait a minute. Do you have like a deluxe edition? <laughs> and that's the end of the story. That's the end of the story. Thanks for coming along this journey with us. <laughs> um, so he runs. They get to the to the meadow. To not the meadow. To like the field they were gonna play. Wait, wait, hang on. She goes. He says, "Don't be mad. I couldn't help myself. You should have seen your face." Blah blah. blah. She goes, "Oh, you're the only one who's allowed to get mad." And I'm like, "Okay, girl, stay with this. Keep this energy because it's correct. He's the only one that gets to be upset. Like she doesn't get to be mad. He's like, anyway, exactly, girl. Just keep that energy. Like." Whenever Bella comes out and like like she gets a little rara, I'm always like, let's keep this up. I love that for you. Let's keep this going. <laughs> and then Edward like bats his eyelashes at her. She's like, oh my god, no, girl, get over no, it. No, no. He was. I wasn't mad at you. Can't you see that, Bella? Don't you understand? She goes, see what I demanded. Confused by his sudden mood swings as much as his words. I'm never angry with you. How could I be? Brave, trusting, warm as you are. Then why, I whispered, remembering the black moods that pulled him away from me, that I had always interpreted as well-justified frustration. Frustration at my weakness, my slowness, my unruly human reactions. He put his hands carefully on both sides of my face. I infuriate myself. And so, like, this whole thing of, like, poor me. I'm so terrible. Please absolve me. Textbook manipulation. Textbook manipulation. And also, as if, like, as if he's like, can't you see that, Bella? As if her, her not understanding him and his actions is a shortcoming of hers. The way I, I can't seem to keep from putting you in danger, my very existence puts you at risk. Sometimes I truly hate myself. I should be stronger. I should be able to... And then she places her hands over his mouth and goes, don't. He goes, I love you, he said. It's a poor excuse for what I'm doing, but it's still true. And it's just like, in case anyone was wondering or thought that IPV Edward had been laid to rest, he has not. He has not. He has not. He hasn't. Because you know why? Edward don't sleep. So neither does IPV Edward. Mm-hmm. Okay? You know who else don't sleep? You know who else is always busy? Christine, who else is always busy? White supremacy. Wow. I was going to say the devil, but same thing. <laughs> yeah. Same sorry. thing. I'm sorry. <laughs> I thought we were. I thought we were. I was in a the same thing. Like, Why supremacy don't sleep? And they don't want you to sleep either. They want you to be tired all the time. So self care. Take care of yourself. That's basically. The yeah. devil don't sleep either. He's always busy. Always busy. But never do nothing. So I was like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Welcome to our Christian <laughs> Henry podcast. <laughs> Next He's a waste man. Out. Don't waste your time with that man. What? I'm sorry. <laughs> Next week we'll have Carlisle. He'll talk to us about a cross, his father. Um. Okay. Anyway, so he goes. All right. Let's meet the family. So they go into the field and they. They. She's seen 
Esme, of course, she met her earlier in the day. So he's, she's meeting Emmett for the first time. And so Emmett goes, eerie, isn't it? Emmett said, with easy familiarity, winking at me. And Emmett is actually very easygoing. So, like, yeah, he's very imposing, like, physically. But he's the most easygoing out of all of them. Yeah, he's super chill. Because even, like, Alice has been pro-Edward and Bella because she sees what the future holds for them. And Esme and Carlisle just want him to be happy. But Emmett is literally like, hey, I don't like this. Ah, you won me over. <laughs> like, yeah, but also, like, Alice is, like, she's, like, super supportive, but at the same time, she'll come in the room, but, like, I heard, it sounded like you were eating Bella for lunch. It's, like, this is a very uncomfortable thing to say, Alice. It is very awkward. But I also think that Alice is only fine with it because, because she agrees with it. I don't think that if Alice disagreed with him, she would be as cool as she Which is. you know, because of the way she treats Edward in New Moon. Mm-hmm. Not Edward, sorry, Jacob. Jacob. And the pack in New Moon. She talks to them like they're animals. Because she's a racist. They're all racist, actually. Yes. So, um, are you ready for some ball? Edward asks, his eyes eager and bright. Um, I tried to sound appropriately enthusiastic. Go team. He snickered, and after musing my hair, again, why does he, why, this is, he keeps treating her he like a kid. He always does that. Like, he, I hate, I hate that he touches her hair so much. Yeah. Because it's very, like, you do this to children, and probably you shouldn't. This is to children, right. but but you do, and so like, why does he constantly do this to her? And so then, okay, so if she goes to 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 Esme, you don't play with them, and she goes, no, I prefer to rest to referee. I like keeping them honest. She explained, and I'm just like, that's just mommy in the supporting role mm-hmm. that she's supposed to always be in. Mm-hmm. And then she goes, actually, um, and she's like, do they like to cheat? She was like, yeah, you should hear some of the arguments. She's like, maybe not. I hope you don't. You would think they were raised by a pack of wolves. Excuse me. <laughs> Excuse me. Excuse me. Please respect the wolves. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and then she goes to <laughs> my mom. She laughed too. Well, I, th- I do think of them as my children in most ways. I never could get over my mothering instincts. Did Edward tell you that I had lost a child? And I'm like, yo. She got personal. Mad personal. So quick. So quick. There was no reason for it. For real. There was no reason for it. That was unprovoked as may. I was like, yo, she got mad personal for no reason. For no reason. And then she talks about, like, yeah, you know, she lost her first and only baby. It broke my heart. That's why I jumped off the cliff, you know. And so, you remember how you said that she might have just wanted to die? Yep. You were right. Yep. She jumped off a cliff so that she can die. And here comes Carla. Here comes Carla. <laughs> Not on my watch. <laughs> Not on my watch. Waste. Mm-mm. <laughs> I don't know her. And so then she says about Edward, she says that she's glad that he met someone because he's been the odd man out for too long. It hurt me to see him alone. And it's like, it's just a weird conversation to be having with Bella. She's just like, you know, it it just, it kind of takes Bella out of the conversation. And it just describes her as almost just like a partner for Edward. And that's it. It doesn't, it doesn't, it takes her out of the, the. She's not not a person. Exactly. She's just fulfilling this role. Exactly. (laughs) They're talking about like the, the rules of the game. And she goes like, if they don't hit it, it's a strike. She told me. And I'm just like, that's not how that works. That's not how baseball Somebody works. get Phil in the horn. Right. Um, Phil doesn't know. Phil doesn't know <laughs> he either. He won't know the rules of baseball. <laughs> <laughs> this, is why Bella, this is why Bella thinks he plays uh, baseball poorly, because all these crazy rules that, they come, <laughs> that the Cullens are coming up with. Yeah, she's like, yeah, that's not how Phil plays at all. This guy's a waste man. <laughs> <laughs> and so here's something I found really strange about this chapter. Bella talks about... So, so she's describing... Because, you know, obviously everything is in her first person. She's describing what she's seeing, but she sounds like a commentator. She sounds like she knows what she's talking about. Yeah. When she's talking about the baseball. So she goes, Emmett's team was up by one. Hmm. 
Hmm? Rosalie managed to flit around the bases after tagging up on one of Emmett's long flies. That's commentator talk. So I don't know why she's talking like a commentator when she's she supposedly doesn't know anything about baseball. Yeah, but she <laughs> believed the fact that if they don't hit it, it's a strike. You know, and she goes, he played intelligently, keeping the ball low, out of the reach of Rosalie's always ready hand in the outfield, <laughs> gaining two bases like lightning before Emmett could get the ball back and play. I'm sorry, who? This is not Bella. You just, yeah, y'all was reading this and I was like, okay, but why does she sound like she's calling a game, though? Like, it, also, it doesn't add up. She also had a dig at Phil earlier that she said, one thing's for sure, I'll never be able to sit through dull old Major League Baseball again. I was like, yo, this man Phil has not even been, he, you haven't seen him in forever. Right. And you're still dogging him out. I don't understand. Let next the man time, live. Next time she sees Phil, he's going to be signed to Major League Baseball. She's going to be like, oh, MLB? MLB major. Oh, okay. Like, good for you. I've been trying so hard to get you to be proud of me, Bella. Minor league wasn't good enough for you, so I made it to the majors. And now major league isn't good enough for you. I give up. She's like, "Are you a dead vampire? You're not. Yeah, I'm not interested." Um. Okay. So now, so real quick again, and I think that this goes back to what you were saying about commentator. The score constantly changed as the game continued, and they razzed each other like any street ball players. How do you how do you know what street ball players do, Bella? How? I don't understand. It's just so bizarre. It's weird. It's really bizarre because she. Like, and this is one of the things that Stephanie Meyer does: lazy writing. She just changes it to fit what she needs it to be in the moment. Stephanie than, Meyer might know about baseball, but her but, but her protagonist does not exactly. It doesn't make any sense. And so then they're playing, and then all of a sudden Alice gasps, and they're like, "What happened?" And she goes, "Uh oh, the other the other vampires that have been in town, kind of like causing havoc. They heard us playing. They want to come play." And so then Carlisle's like, "How far are they?" Less than five minutes. They're running. They want to play. Edward scowled. Carlisle asks him, "Can you make it?" He goes, "No, not caring." He cuts short. Besides, the last thing we need is for them to catch the scent and start hunting. And I think I find that to be so weak. Mm-hmm. It is so weak. He could have got away. Mm-hmm. If they were five minutes away, five minutes, yeah. or even less than five minutes, he could have run. Because, like, this whole thing, okay, so right before, she was like, that's obviously, so Emmett hit what should have been a home run. Mm-hmm. And Esme's like, well, maybe not. Edward's very fast. So, very fast, Edward Cullen couldn't throw this girl on his back real quick. He could throw her on his back to run away to wherever he wants to go. But when she's in danger because these other vampires are coming, he's like, no, I can't with her on my back. Where is the strength? Where is the speed? I don't understand. Mm-hmm. So it's super weak for him to be like, no, I can't, not with her. And the last thing we need is for them to cash the scent and go hunting. Y'all could be like, we had we had a snack earlier. Y'all caught us. Well, no, because their eyes weren't red. Mm. Uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. could have gone away. And then Alice says they're not hungry. Alice said they weren't hungry. It's just, and he goes, lazy writing is what it is. And he goes, how many? Emmett says, and she goes, three. And of course, Emmett goes, three? He's called, let them come. Emmett had the right idea. Emmett had the right idea. This could have saved a lot of strife for everybody. For real. If they had just threw down right then and there. But Carlos, like, everyone calm down. We'll just continue the game. Pretend like nothing is going on. And so then Edward is like, all right, Bella, let your hair down. Which I don't understand because why? I was like, how is this a good idea? How is that going to help? That would make it worse, I would, I would think. Because the breeze. Like, like, I would think put your hair up and put a cap over it would be helpful. Maybe it's to cover her, to cover her neck. I don't know, girl. All I know is and that Rosalie Alice in the like, movie was like, like that's an help. I can smell her across the field. And correct. 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 
And so then, and he's like, what did Esme ask you? She goes, whether they were thirsty. And he goes, I'm sorry, Bella. He muttered fiercely. It was stupid irresponsible to expose you like this. I'm so sorry. Right. And then also, just real quick, about Rosalie. It's, she, like, she talks about Rosalie seeming like she's mad at her and, like, mad about the situation. Like, you know what? She's right to be mad. Like, there's no reason for her and her family to be in this situation because, you know, Romeo don't know how to keep it together. It just... So the thing is, the thing is that, and this is one of the things, so we had, um, we took children's, I think we had spoken about this before. We took children's late in college, and one of the things, so one of, we had to do, like, journals. So I did a journal on um, this scene, on this, this baseball uh, scene. And so Edward kept saying that he wanted to keep Bella safe, that he wanted to make sure she was, you know, nothing was ever going to harm her, blah, blah, blah. And he did the exact opposite by bringing her here to this situation, not because he brought her out of her house or away from her father because he brought her into a situation that would only be inhabited by vampires Mm -hmm. so like he brought her into a space that technically should only be inhabited by vampires you know vampires playing baseball in a thunderstorm so there had no reason these other vampires had absolutely no reason to believe that there would be a human with them Mm -hmm. and so when they heard that they're like oh there's other vampires let's go pull up and play a game with them Mm -hmm. and they didn't come with the intent to like harm anybody they came with the intent to play and, like, if he really wanted to keep her safe, he should have left her in her home, especially because he knew these vampires were in the town. He should have left her in her home. Where was she going to be safer than at home? And, like, this is a rainy, a super rainy place. You're not going to tell me this is the only thunderstorm that there's going to be. You're going to you're gonna be in a thunderstorm playing baseball when you know that there's other vampires around. And, like, sure, they didn't think, like, oh, they were going to come play with us. But I think that you could infer, I think you could infer that that is a possibility. And it's like, if it was a possibility, why take the risk at all? I don't know if you can infer. I feel like that's overstating it to me. I think that you, there's no reason to believe that these other vampires play baseball and would be interested. I don't, you know what I'm saying? Like, just because this white bread family plays <laughs> baseball in the thunderstorm doesn't mean every vampire is going to be doing this. But what I do think is that he got so like intoxicated by her being around his family, mm-hmm. by being his self and like being his true self in front of her, that he was like, I want you around me at all times. This was at no point about Bella, about keeping her safe, about keeping her yeah. away from this was about having her with him because he felt pleasure from being himself around her, around someone that he loves, who is not a vampire, who is outside of his family. I think that that's what this was rooted in and that's what this is about and that's what makes it so irresponsible. This was never about keeping her safe because if it was about keeping her safe and something like this happened as an as a result of it, it's not great, but it, at least it wouldn't be because he selfishly intended like it would be because he truly thought that this was the right thing for her and to like keep her safe but that wasn't the case he just was like i really liked having you around and you know what that's cool that's great because if you're in a relationship with somebody that first those first couple of months or whatever whatever this you know that's that's that intoxicating kind of like obsessed with you i want to be with you at all times i don't ever want to be parted from you kind of feeling and that's what he was feeling. And that's why he was like, come play a game with us. And then she's like, of course I'm going to go play a game with you, even though it's pouring outside. Like, it, none of this, none of this is rooted in, like, how things actually work. Right. Okay. So then, but even still, I feel like the, Edward is a full-on adult, right? But let's say, let's, for argument's sake, let's call him and Bella the children in this story. Yeah. You have Carla and Esme, who are adults here, supposedly. Mm-hmm. Why didn't they go 
maybe this isn't a good idea. Like, why? Carla has definitely come across other vampires that he would have known that they maybe play baseball. Because, like, I mean, that whole thing with, the, with, the, with them showing up, like, oh, we heard y'all playing. It's got to be, it has to be well known that vampires play baseball in the Thunder. Because I can't, but I, I can't imagine I, it's just these, these I don't two dis- groups. I don't disagree that it's a well known that vampires play baseball in thunderstorms. What I am saying though is it's just because they are so like, hey, thunderstorm, let's go. Doesn't mean that every vampire ever is a hey, thunderstorms, let's go. Okay, and I don't think that I don't think I think that saying that you can infer because it's a thunderstorm and y'all wanted to play that every vampire in the vicinity would want to play that I feel like that's overstating it. Okay, all right, fine, that's overstating it. But I still think that they should have they. They should have said, okay, maybe this isn't the best idea. I do think, because yeah. Because even, because Edward, just, Edward and Bella, as obsessed with each other as they were, they weren't going to be like, this is not a good idea. But Carla think, and Esme should have. I think to your point, them being like, this is a space, this like, this is an area where, like, if other vampires found us, they wouldn't be coming into the situation as vampires pretending not to be vampires. They would come to the situation as vampires fully, you mm-hmm. know, coming in hot and as vampires. Right. Yeah. Um, and that's not going to be good for her. So, like, that, and that, to that point, absolutely, I agree. Um, but, you know, <sighs> these people are ridiculous. They're so stupid. It's ridiculous. They're so stupid. That's that. That's um, that. So, the next uh, episode is going to be when... Hmm. Uh, with James and and all of this drama ensues with Bella, um, making it his his favorite catch or whatever, <laughs> whatever, whatever is that Edward yes. says, his most exciting chase, hunt, hunt, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Okay, okay. So we we missed an episode last week. Oh, um, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Because of some technical difficulties. Yes. Technically, I was difficult. <laughs> Okay, bye. Bye.